severely messed Artists like their boots are torn to shreds The government will spoil your hopes and dreams By offering a useless retreat and scheme There's such amazing talent, why can't you see That the government has decimated the industry And now the years of hard work have been thrown away Just get a real job. Hello and welcome to episode 22 of Just Get A Real Job. What a start to the year it's been. We, this is our 13th episode of the year. And, and you know, in February in particular, it's been a very, very busy month. We launched our Patreon. We put out two episodes a week. You know, it's been very, very busy. Yeah, so I put an announcement out on social media the other day. Most of our listeners have probably seen it, but just to reiterate and update you guys, we will be going back to one episode a week from next week. So from March, we're going to go back to the old formula of one episode every Tuesday. Obviously, if we have time, we'll bring out the bonus episode on a Friday some weeks because, you know, I don't mind doing two a week. It's it's fun. It's just an unrealistic workload for Elliot and myself. And, you know, gotta got to take my own advice and I don't want to overwork myself. I do other projects as well. And I don't want the quality of this podcast to suffer as a result of doing that because I love doing this and I don't want you... I want I want the podcast that we put out to be as good as it can be and I'm really proud of the stuff me and Elliot have made so far and I mean there's some fantastic guests on this podcast and I think we've made some really good episodes and I'm really happy of what we've made and I just don't want future episodes to suffer from me overworking it and I, don't, I never want to rush it and I never want to put unnecessary pressure on me and Elliot so from next week we're going to go back to one episode a week every Tuesday so... And of course, you know, this is the 22nd episode, so we've got plenty of episodes to, in the archives now. So if you haven't heard them all, some great conversations, make sure to go back and check them out. Another thing, actually, just to quickly mention again is the Patreon. Thank you, thank you to everyone who has signed up to that so far. We are only £4 away now from covering our monthly overhead, so if you can afford to donate literally anything, that would be amazing. And if you could potentially do it in the next two days before the end of the month that would be even better but don't worry anything we make we're very very grateful for and as i say all the money we raise on the patron it goes back into the podcast except for 10 percent, which goes to a different charity every month and this month we are going to announce our charity on sunday as well so watch the space for that but yeah thank you to everyone for listening i'm very very grateful and i hope we can keep doing this we've got some big plans got some great episodes recorded and yeah it's just what a start to the year it's been so thanks guys but now anyway before i introduce this week's episode i just wanted to share with you guys a little quote which i've always loved so this is something that my great gran used to always say and my dad has said it to me my whole life a big shout out to my dad for everything he's done for me as well but he said this to me my whole life and i just love it and i think it's so true at the moment and it's something i've really tried to live by but the quote is something's in life if you're lucky you get what you need not what you want and I, I, I don't know, I just, there's something, it's such a simple little quote, but it's so true. And, you know, I just think, especially in these times, it's definitely, it's hel- that, it helps me, that's that little quote. So thanks, Dad, and, and thanks, Great Grand, for that little bit of wisdom. But anyway, without much further ado, I'd like to introduce this week's episode. And this week on the podcast, I had the chance to sit down and speak to Craig Barkley. And this, we recorded this conversation in January, so a while ago now, but I really enjoyed it. It was nice to catch up with Craig. Craig is an actor. Uh, Craig studied in London and he's been on quite a few plays and he, you know, he's done quite a few projects. So it was really interesting to get his perspective on it all. And yeah, I hope you, I hope you enjoy. Hello, Craig. How are you doing? <laughs> I'm doing good, man. How are you doing? <laughs> it's, good. it's nice to see you. It's been a while. It's nice to see you too. I think it has it, been a very, very long time. I think it must have been about three years since the last... I think it was London 2017 since I last saw you in person. Did you come to London? In, in, I did, in, yeah. I, I can't, I can't I even was, remember. We, we came down to Damien's flat at the time and uh, our friend... Yeah, and we saw I think we saw you then. But that was going back a long time. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah. So, oh, it's, so it's nice cool. to catch up. I mean, it's up. almost, what, four years now? Mm. Yeah, it's very nice uh, to catch up. When, when you say... I, when yeah, you say, we've both got our, our lockdown here. Oh yeah, definitely. It's a lot longer than the last lockdown. It's not been shaved yet. <laughs> well, Craig, yeah. it's great. It's great to have you on the <laughs> podcast because um, you're an actor. So it's nice to nice to speak to you. I know you've been doing done quite a lot of acting over the last few years. So thanks for coming on the podcast. We like to start every episode asking our guests, um, "What's your earliest creative memory?" Well, like when I was younger, I, th- I think I was roughly maybe about seven. I joined this local drama group. It was in my town hall and, and where I grew up, Rutherglen. And I, I wasn't I wasn't a very confident 
kid, I was quite, I was quite shy, but I really, really was into into TV programs when I was younger, like like Doctor Who and and a stepdad at the time. He was into like films and like mm. science fiction and stuff like Star Trek and stuff like that, and I, and I totally like got me hooked on the like the genre sort of storytelling, and I just absolutely went for it. So when, when Doctor Who came on the television, because I, I just I just loved that show, I just got hooked on that, and I yeah, absolutely yeah. adored. Like I love the, the the thing about it that I loved is every Saturday night on the television like across the entire country and now obviously the world there's like a person that like kids even teenagers like all across the country like really really look up to like mm. I, I absolutely love that notion brings the family together when I was younger I just, yeah especially that, I had this notion when I was younger I was like I want to be the guy who does that for a living you know at the time that meant I want to be the guy who lives in a, a police box and travels in time <laughs> but um, <laughs> unfortunately as I grew older, I realized that was impossible. But that definitely inspired me to join like the drama club that I first joined. And that, yeah. that definitely brought me out of my comfort zone and, and grew my confidence slightly. Because I, I remember I went on stage. The first thing I ever did was like this Christmas show. And I, I was like, absolutely quivering I was like oh my god what, what am I going to do? Like, like doing all my lines. I had like two lines. Doing all my lines, you know. And then I had to... It was a really, it's really cringy now. I think back to it. But I came out on stage and I had to like say something about getting a Chinese takeaway, and then I had to put my phone in the air, and then I had listened to some like Ice Ice Baby or something like that because it's Christmas time, of course. But then I think back now, and some things are quite cringy, but that that really those times really like set me on this path to where I am now, of course. You know. No, that's that's actually really interesting, Craig, because Matt Boyle, who's also an actor who we had on episode six of the podcast, he started his conversation off by talking about how Doctor Who was a big influence on him, as did Jonathan in episode seven. So there's like the, quite a few people have talked about, especially from our sort of age group, have, have really mentioned how Doctor Who was such a big influence on them at the start of their, you know, which is interesting, yeah. Because I, yeah. I was the exact same. I, I loved it as a kid. And I love the thing you said about how it brings everyone together. That's really interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like I think it's it must be the staple of like most British childhoods. Yeah, like you know, it's, it's everyone has their sort of their favorite doctor and and stuff. And I think that like that creating that kind of fan base and and taking people on a journey. That's what I really liked about it. But yeah. every Saturday night that. You know, obviously Doctor Who is a, is a program doesn't have the biggest budget, and, and uh, like you know, you stuff like stuff in Hollywood obviously has bigger budgets, but it's the fact that every every Saturday it takes people on a journey, yeah, and it gives them a bit of respite from from daily life, and, and I just really like that thought. Yeah, no, definitely, and it's a shame that Doctor Who sort of now I feel like the BBC have sort of played about with it a lot. I know Peter Capaldi when he was on it was unhappy with how the BBC had sort of treated it and it, it's now Sunday night and they, you know it's, it doesn't get as much money and it seems to like they're just sort of leaving it not to die I think that's harsh but they're not putting as much effort into it which is a shame I think yeah yeah and do you know the weird thing is like through lockdown I, the first lockdown I, I um the first lockdown geez, I watched rewatched some of Peter Capaldi's episodes and he was mm. he was really good yeah like, he was th- that was around about the time it kind of dipped yeah, but, but looking back, like the stories were were not very good, but he was like amazing. Yeah, like, such I an under him. underrated. Yeah, and I think Jodie's the I, same. I, I think both of them are good actors. I just think they just not had the maybe the scripts or the you know the funding behind them to mm-hmm. make it as good as it could and be. That, that's the thing about about like you look at David Tennant and Matt Smith here. That was like a big deal that mm-hmm. was made of that. Like that was like Doctor Who's back. There was like adverts on the TV mm-hmm. and it probably is the same now but it's like it doesn't feel like there's that big a, it was global like, as well it was, it, yeah. was glo- it was everywhere but yeah well, well just so we don't go on a t- too much of a Doctor Who tangent because <laughs> we could talk about this for hours but um, sort of the next uh, thing we like to ask our guest Craig is well you sort of touched on Rutherglen then where you're from but how did growing up in Rutherglen how did that affect your creativity like do you think that had a bit an influence on it I think yeah I think the the, the thing is that well I, I moved away from London it's probably say that as well like I, I moved to London in, in 2016 to go to drama school and I think one of the things that I, like I loved growing up in Rutherland but one of the things that I, I felt more back then than I do now about Glasgow and about Scotland in general is really in this industry that like one of the main places and the best places you can be is either London New York or LA. And I, I thought, like, I went to college here in, in Glasgow and I really, really loved it. They were like a great two years, but I was like, if, if I want to progress my career further, I, I need to take that leap, mm. as it were. Yeah. And, and one of the things, like, Rutherland's like a, like a nice place, but there isn't a lot going on in terms of creativity, I think. Yeah. And 
the creative arts and being here especially during this this third lockdown is really I've really like realized that like it's 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 a really nice place and and it's lovely but I, I just I, I don't want to there's not much for me here personally yeah you know no, that that's something I've, I've talked about many times to my guests on this podcast is like growing up in Glen office I felt the exact same there wasn't a lot going on and it's hard when you look around you and you're like well, you know, you don't see the next, you know, big, you know, there's no one that's really working in the industry, like walking about. So you think, how, how does, how did they get there? You what you know, you watch TV and film, you're like, how do I get from here to there? There doesn't seem like that natural pathway. So something I'm really interested in is how do we make that path more accessible and, and, you know, bring it down to a more local level, if that makes sense. Yeah, of course. And I think, I think one of the main things is that I've learned, especially during this lockdown is like, you can make your own opportunities and, and you, as a creative, especially like, you know, you, you have that that mind in there that wants to create things, so why not do it? And yeah. I think lockdowns are hard because you know we have there's not much in terms of socialising, but at the same time you can still do a lot to improve yourself internally. And and but well, back then in 2016, like my logical path to continue in my career was to move, yeah, to London, which which benefited me greatly. Yeah, and, which which we're definitely um, gonna, we're going to come on to more in a in a couple of minutes because I can't, I'm excited to talk to you about your time in drama school and stuff. Yeah, of course. But the thing is, like. In terms of growing up here, I think the difficulty is as well, another factor that you actually touched upon is that you're not really, I guess, surrounded overwhelmingly by creative people. Not that you, not that you, you have to be, but it helps. Yeah, it really you does. Know, and, and, yeah. and London is is like a it's a it's a scale. You know, there's there's a lot of opportunities, but there's a lot of people who want those opportunities. So you know, you're in the mix of it yeah. really, and it's really exciting. But yeah. No, de- definitely. And I think having those like-minded people around you is such a, makes such a difference. Like just doing my undergrad was good because I met people as well, but particularly doing my master's in screenwriting, it wasn't just what I learned there. I mean, it was, it was meeting all these people. I, I've got this tribe, I call them a tribe. It sounds a bit you know cheesy, but like I did, I found all these like-minded people and, and it's done wonders for me as a creative like in all aspects mm-hmm. and you know and it's like what you're saying a minute ago about lockdown like it's great to see people improvising and still trying to be creative and you know trying to find yeah. ways to like make things like things like tiktok or you know I, I go to this thing called lockdown links who we had rebecca on the podcast a few weeks ago and you know i was there two days ago and it was great to network and do you know what i mean on zoom it, yeah, people, yeah. so it's, it's great to see yeah because that's, that's the thing it's like inspiration breeds inspiration you know and once you get the ball rolling that's just you see ideas like like everywhere i had this thing the other day about like walking whereas um which is obviously the thing that most of us do most of our days now <laughs> like walking is, is a great way to come up with ideas it's brilliant because, you know there, there isn't a lot of distractions and you know you're outside and you're relaxed and there's no stress and you know and that's why i think some things that's probably lockdown is a pretty good thing for creatives in some way yeah what like the best thing to, i mean i've always liked walking but the best thing to come out of the lockdowns and covid and stuff is I treasure my walk every day is and I know it maybe sounds a bit cheesy but I do like I really I make sure to do, go for a walk every day now and like I, it's yeah. something I look forward to I love I love it and it and it's mm-hmm. so good for ideas it's like one of my mentors who's a screenwriter called Colin McLaren he was my one of my mentors when I did my degree and he talked about the importance of going for a walk as a writer and it was really interesting to hear actually well Craig something else I wanted to ask you was do you have a favorite word from where you're from so do you have a favorite word from Glasgow or where you grew up Ooh. Oh, I don't, I don't actually know if I have a favourite word. I mean, is it allowed to be a, a swear word? Yeah, it I can. That's what, one of our okay. guests' favourite word was fuck, so you can say what you want, man. Oh, I like bodgers. Bodgers. Something... <laughs> yeah, have you, have you heard I, I feel. Yeah, I've heard that said in Glasgow before, I'm sure. Not a lot, though. I, I like it, though. Like, it's weird. It's like, you know, you think about that in a scenario and, and you think, if someone called you bodgers, like, there's a party <laughs> that wants to get offended. But then when you really think about it, you're like, that doesn't really make sense. But it annoys me because, like, I don't know why. So I don't know, it's just that but there's something about it. Like, saying that to someone, there's a lot. Of, my mind is saying power. But I've never said it to someone and felt powerful afterwards. So I don't know. Do you, ever, do you get to say that a lot? I take it you won't hear that word much in London then. Oh, no, 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 no. No, people people in London tend not to understand me that much. It was worse <laughs> when I first moved. For about the first two weeks when I was at drama school, people didn't really get what I was saying. I mean, I wasn't saying bodgers to them a lot, but uh, <laughs> over time, I've gotten Welsh and Irish. People think I'm Welsh and Irish, and I don't see it. What, the Welsh ones particularly are a bit of a stretch, I'd say. Like, I could see, I yeah. could kind of get why people might make Irish and Scottish up, but Welsh and Scottish, no, 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 surely not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's that's the same thing I thought when someone said it to me. They were like, oh, you, you must be Welsh. And I was like... <laughs> 
<laughs> no. <laughs> well, Craig, so you went to college in Glasgow. So that's where I, I met you from because you were at college with a good friend of mine, Damien. But so how mm-hmm. did that come about? Did you decide I'm going to go? Did that sort of go on from your going to the community drama thing? Did you then decide I want to be an actor? Yeah, well, after that, after I was in that, that club in my town hall, and then I joined this other, my mum found out about this other, other theatre group that was around called the Performance Academy. And they, that was like great because I, I mean I was going into first year in high school. Mm-hmm. I was like I was a bit more confident, but I was still really shy. And I joined this group, and over I was there for like six years, and we did a lot of pantomimes and stuff, and it was a lot of fun. And my confidence just like completely grew from that. Yeah. And then obviously I did drama in high school, and it was like it was a combination of things because obviously like I said earlier on the the influences of like Doctor Who and, and the, the science fiction films, fantasy films like drama, different things like that. Like in school, really I was like God. I don't want to do anything else in my life. It absolutely, it, it gets to me now. See the thought of doing like a nine to five job. I don't know if you have the same thing. Yeah, like, definitely. It is like, oh God, it just it almost like repulses me because I'm like, God, I just do not want to do that. Yeah. You know, I can't imagine myself being happy doing that. No, just the nine to five thing. It's like, I, I totally respect, I absolutely have so much respect for people who want to do that and who are happy doing that. Sometimes I wish I would, like sometimes I wish... <laughs> That would be great if it made me happy because it would be a lot easier. Do you know what I mean? It would be finan- yeah. financially it would be a lot more stable and you know be more comfortable. But like I'm the exact same. Like just the idea of that you know, it gives me the fear actually. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and that's the thing. Like I, likewise, I have the utmost respect for people who want to do that because I've obviously you know different things make different people happy in their lives. But I think just just personally for myself and and for a lot of other people in our, in our shoes, I think it's like you, the thought of doing that for the rest of your life just it doesn't satisfy a certain appetite no. that you have. You know, especially once you start performing, and especially for for you, I imagine as well. It's like especially when you start saying, "Lord, especially a lot," but when you start script writing, it's like you, you just you're infatuated with it and you just yeah. love it to bits and you just don't want to ever have to let it go definitely and, it, and it's difficult sometimes to find the time to do things when you're working and we you know we always have we all have to work and support our art and that's just part of it but yeah no it's yeah, the thing you said about the hunger it's, it's so true like do you know what i mean we just need to satisfy mm-hmm. something else so craig see when you're in glasgow how is your college experience did you enjoy your time at college yeah my time at college was really really good it was i mean the thing is, before I went to drama school, it was college was like the pinnacle of what I'd experienced in terms of education for what I wanted to do, acting. But at the time, it was like, this is like great. I did lots of plays. I made like really, really good friends. Uh, I'm still in contact with a lot of them now. And I think the one thing I would say about the course is like, in retrospect, there was a, a, an aspect of it that was a lot about socialising. Mm-hmm. And I think I definitely didn't learn as much there as I think... I could have done and that's that's obviously that's partly down to me you know I mean I really could have put in a lot more effort in college but I think the thing is once you start a new thing you're out of high school and and you start being able to drink and go out you're like your focus tends to shift more to socializing but I think the thing is that generally speaking like I learned a lot but there is so much more I could have learned yeah from college and it was quite a strange experience starting because my my confidence dipped again and I think it, it was going into like this new environment and with all these new people and and I was like quite shy again but then it seems it seems I'm quite shy and then sometimes there's something happens and I just become quite confident like I, at the end of it I, I was like I just I really really loved being there and, and acting with everyone and it was just a, a really really fun experience. I was gonna say do you think you maybe felt like you've maybe you were suddenly a small fry in a big pond again type thing when you went to drama school? Oh yeah yeah Def- even in college as, as well because the thing is I, I mean I college think, sorry oh, that's okay that's cool I mean like, likewise for drama school but like I went from like school where it was like you chose you wanted to do drama as a subject and then the, the the sort of pond got smaller shall we say and then you go into sixth year and it gets even smaller and then you go into college and it suddenly goes massive again because you're surrounded by people who want to do what you want to do yeah. right and suddenly you become quite like oh like there is an aspect of you really got to like show that you're worth the time of other people i guess worth your salt that's what i was looking for but yeah and i think even then with, with drama school it became the same thing where it's like these people are like really really serious about this like i really need to like up my game again and that like i said earlier on it's like inspiration breeds inspiration and it's like that kind of friendly competition between people really makes you aspire to be be more and be better and that definitely helped me in, in college because I think I was, you know, I'd watch, I'd watch sometimes watch my classmates do things, and I'd be like, "Wow, that was really good." And I was like, "Like, I want to do better. Like, I, I want to be like not 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 in terms of like getting them down kind of way, but I want to be like 
I want to do this. I want to get in it. I want to. I want to like you know. It's it's like this this create like hunger. Like I'm saying, like I'm just gonna oh like I just want to go for it. Yeah. There's a specific time that I remember where we were doing a Midsummer Night Stream. Yeah, which I saw you. Uh, in, which very good play. Yes. it was a very good. You did a punk version of it, didn't you? We did do a punk version of it. Yes. Yeah. I'm I'm glad you you enjoyed it. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know anything about it. I remember going to. I didn't know it was going to be a punk version. So I go to see this play because obviously I meet your friend Damien's in it, and he's mm-hmm. like, come up and see me in this play. I'm like, hey, sure, man. So we go up to Glasgow. We brought a whole group of us actually, and we all sit in there thinking it's going to be this Shakespeare Midsummer Night Dream. And then you guys all come running it in like your leather jackets, pure going all punk, the Sex Pistols blaring, and I thought, all right, I'm here for this. Did it, did it work with punk? I, I, like, I liked it? it, I have to say. I actually thought it was a good little twist on Shakespeare. I, I, I like. I enjoyed it. Yeah, I quite, I quite enjoyed it as well. It was like, I mean, Midsummer Night's Dream, I think, is one of the funnest plays I've ever done. It's, I mean, the comedic nature of it is just it just opened so many doors for, for improvisation. And the character I played in at bottom was such a joy to play. I mean, I, like, he is absolutely hilarious. And and the things that you can do with that, because he, he wants to be an actor, but he doesn't really know what he's doing. At all, there's no yeah. theory, there's no like process or anything. He just kind of like comes along and and he thinks he's better than everyone else, and it becomes really bombastic. And but the the thing about that that play that that really stuck with me at the time, what I was saying was I, I was playing along the same character. Was there was two casts, so I was playing bottom, and a, another guy, another cast was playing bottom, and he went first uh-huh. into the rehearsal space. So he like nailed it like first time, and a part of me in my mind at the time was like, shit, like. God, I've got to try and try and do something, and it, you know, to his credit, he, he did a pretty good job with it, right? But it, what it took for me was that he he seemed to get it at every turn, like nailed it at every turn. But for me, it took weeks and weeks, and we, I tried so many different things. I tried different accents, different like ways of movement, different ways of saying different words. And the director at the time was like, "Nope, nope, nope," and I got really frustrated with it because I was like, "I was like, what do you want?" But and at a time, I did get annoyed about it, but I realized I was like, "No, like." I've just got to keep going and, and doing what I want to do with it. Stop trying to copy this. Like my 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 uh, the other student, like he was doing what he was doing and he was doing it well. If I try and do what he's doing, it's not going to work. Yeah. So I just need to go and like do my own thing. And then I, I just kind of went and thought of outside the box as you were and went for like a completely different take on it. Like he's from a completely different part of the country and and it made it really really fun that way. Once that pressure was alleviated, I think. That's good. That's an interesting story. I think it's a good lesson in there. Well, Craig, we'll move on to your, your exciting drama school stuff in London. So in 2016, you moved, you went, you moved to London from Glasgow. So that's quite, yeah. a, that's quite a big thing to do at that age as well. To be fair, you just moved to London and you went. Yeah. To, what was the drama school called again? Was it the School of Drama and Science or something like that? It's the Academy of the Science of Acting. Oh, I was totally butchered that title there. <laughs> I got signed. You got right? some of the words. Some of the words. <laughs> He's an actor. I'll throw acting in. I guess. I know. <laughs> Should have just looked at my notes there, but I thought you know, oh, I'm getting too big for my boots on this podcast or something. I'm not. <laughs> well, anyway, so you go to this drama school, and so do you want to tell us about how how's that? How was that? That must have been amazing for you. Uh, yeah, I mean, it was that was an amazing process. Not not even you know for starters like moving to. To London, who I'd always wanted to go. Like I, I'd been there when I was really young with my my grandmother, and and I loved it. And I was like, I want to move here when I'm older. And I think it it became somewhat of a pipe dream. But then I was like, no, like I can actually do this. Like I can actually, you know, it's not that difficult to just move away. All I need to do is like take the leap and and think things through, and I'll be able to do it. And then once I got there and I went into drama school, it's like college was was a, a walk in the park shall we say like you know college is um i was in like three days two days a week you know it wasn't very long days drama school was like half eight to half five monday to friday and they had a they had a directing course as well which was in the evenings like directors from the second and third years could do their own pieces and show them basically just like working on exercises which is really good because you're constantly doing stuff constantly working on your craft like some some days you'd be in from like six at night to like midnight so you you be in half eight till half five on a Monday, say, and then have rehearsals from six till midnight yeah. and then be in the next day at half eight. So it was like really, really full on. But like, 
you were like never not doing anything and I absolutely loved it and, and you worked in so many different like facets of your profession like in the morning from half eight to half nine you did yoga and oh, that is like just so like waking you up I mean it's helped me in lockdown <laughs> uh, yeah are you doing yoga as well I, I tried to do it like when I say that right I mean I'm doing yoga with Adrian for like 10 minutes but you know I find it, it, makes, a huge, <laughs> it makes a huge difference to my mental health <laughs> Yeah, like, yeah, I mean, it took me three years, but I can, like, touch my toes, you know, which is great. I've got a degree to show for it. So, uh, <laughs> but, like, that really, you know, really opens you up and relaxes you and gets you ready for the day ahead. And then you did a voice warm-up in the morning, and then you went into whatever you had during the day, which was, like, either theory classes, voice, singing, physical theatre, dance. And then at the end of it, you got to, like, take everything you took from that day and you learned and then put it into the pieces that you were doing at night. Mm. In hindsight, I think you could I, I fell into the trap of taking on too many pieces like sometimes I was in like 10 and it was just ridiculous but like the fact something I quite miss now is like the fact that you're always always doing something is like so much fun yeah. and you're always creating and you're always uh, working on something you're always working on characters you're always going to think about on the way home and when you wake up in the morning go into yoga and it's like so you've got all, something to work on and then at the end of the year because we did four terms so we did um first term second term and then third term and then the summer was like the fourth term so we never got a summer which at the time was shit but <laughs> back then was like uh, now I think about it I'm like that, that was amazing because we got a full summer to work on a play and it was like so you didn't do any pieces and anything so you got about I want to say 10 weeks to just work on your character and work on the whole play you know and the process that we learned was um it's a process of science of acting so you start there's like 10 steps so you start with like the plot of the whole thing yeah and then you start and then you go into like the facts what's like actually laid out you know it can be like craig owns a car or something and uh, then you go into like blood facts which is like stuff that is hinted at but not really true so you can decide on it as a cast and then there's other like there's other things like there's working on the character side of it there's you create a character line which is yeah your character's entire life before now leading up to now all the all the things that happened with their mother their father what they did what their school was like their age where they're from you know any past relationships and everything and then you move on to the, the mind print which is the psychological part of it which is everything they think about things like sex or women or men or people or life and the purposes they have in their life driving them forward and i think that that's the thing about the the, the theory and that, that i was talking about with with what I mean with college earlier on is that when I think back to college after doing that, like actually having a process, I realized that college didn't really have a process. Like it was a lot of fun, but a lot of times I remember we did uh, Thebans, like I, specifically in this play, like I played Crayon, it was, it was yeah. Oedipus and Antigone. And I came out and it was really just a lot of shouting. Yeah. You know, and that works. That's That gets you by, but there's no real enjoyment in it. Like, there's no real creative enjoyment for yourself and then inherently the audience. Because, you know, there wasn't really any character there. I was just a guy who shouted a lot. And that was pretty much the only character trait that I had. <laughs> you know, and then it, but then it's like, once you have actually something to invest in, you create these pictures of the character's life in your head. And then it, it makes the creative process so much better and so much more, uh, like, fulfilling, I think. All the stuff you learned at drama school, then, like all this act, the process of the science of acting and stuff. Do you, do you, is that like, do you use that all now in your methods of acting? Do you, is that your entire approach from there, or you add your own sort of twist to it and stuff? Oh, oh yeah. The thing, the thing about the theory is there was a lot about myself and about you learn a lot about yourself as well as to learn about characters. And it, I definitely like I, I use it now pretty much mm -hmm. as the base theory. I mean, not that, not that you can ever stop learning. I don't just like stop there. I continue to learn about other theories as well, which is incredibly useful. Yeah, because then you can take and learn, build upon your own foundations as a creative and actor. But one of the one of the, the foundations of the, the courses that that was there is that like characters are just people. So. Yeah. You know, really the way you play a character is understanding people and how they live and understanding how you live, in a sense. So you began to understand yourself and understand people and then inherently you begin to understand characters and how to portray them. And, and one of the things we get taught, which was is about like, I think called finishing off thinking that you have. Yeah. So for example, if, if I was going to play a, a Nazi, say, <laughs> for, for example, right? <laughs> My dream role... <laughs> That's a question um, later, and I hope that's not the answer. 
But yeah, so say I wanted to play a Nazi, but I had a, a, a specific thought about about Nazis or about the, the way they were, which is, is hard to not have. So you know, Nazis are inherently seen as like bad people, right? But they're, they're humans. Yeah. Right? They were just humans, and they had their own thoughts and feelings, right? But they, they still did bad things. I'm not in any way condoning being no Nazi. Uh, <laughs> but if I was to walk on stage playing the character of a Nazi or into a film playing playing a Nazi, then I can't walk on like the, the reason that you, you get the character, the thoughts of the character, and and you you have to remove completely from the process your own thoughts that you have about something is because if I walk in on stage with a pre-established thought that like Nazis are are terrible, terrible people, right? That's not what that's not what the character thinks. The the, the person who I'm playing, the, the character, the Nazi, doesn't think, might not think, sorry, that the Nazis are terrible people. But if I'm an actor saying that, then I'm I'm almost giving a running commentary to the audience. Therefore, you're not really going to be able to fully portray that role to the fullest sense. Yeah. Some of the thoughts about uh, like life and stuff, and and like you can't like characters will have very different thoughts or might have the similar thoughts to you. But it's about you know the audience is going to fully enjoy a performance and fully enjoy it when when you're immersed and they're immersed. Yeah. Did you and, think? Did just sorry, Craig. Do, do you think this applies to screen and to theatre? Do does this sort of do you apply that to both or just one or the other? Yeah, both. I, I think like in both disciplines that you're still you're just playing people, and it's how how do people react? This is the whole thing about like you know you some you know sometimes you see actors and or something who are like sometimes you watch soaps or you watch certain things and the acting's not very good, yeah, and you know it's not very good because they like overact. It's like the absolute antithesis of that. Where it's <laughs> like you know people wouldn't react like that. Like if if I if I was to get given a really serious piece of news, I wouldn't be like. <gasps> You know, like approach it in, in any in, in quite a normal way. You'd probably be shocked. You'd be like, "Hold on, what?" Yeah, you, you might not. Yeah. You might not say anything. Yeah, you won't. Yeah. You, won't you know, take all the air out of the room. Yeah. Uh, so. <laughs> Hello, it's Jamie and Elliot here. I hope you're enjoying today's episode of Just Get a Real Job. I just wanted to remind you guys that if you're enjoying the podcast, word of mouth is the best way for us to grow. So. Please, if you can, share us on social media. Tell your friends and family to listen. You can also support us by giving us a review on Apple Podcasts. We really appreciate your help. So anything you can do to help us grow this project is very much appreciated. We do appreciate your support as always. And if you would like to contribute or donate to our podcast, we also have a Patreon page where you could donate as little or as much as you wish. You can access this by going to www patreon.com slash just get a real job so thank you very much again for all your support and you can also find a link to the patreon page in the show notes but anyway now back to today's show i know it's, it's good to get these different perspectives from actors and stuff and um you know because you know everyone's approach is different and it sounds like the stuff you learned was really interesting and useful so craig did you graduate in 2019 from the drama school yeah so i i graduated um, my official graduation was last year in january mm. which was a close shave <laughs> um, but I, I finished. I finished in September 2019. Right. And have you been? I know you'd been sort of doing some plays since. So you like what sort of plays were you in? Could you mind talking about all that stuff? Yeah. So I mean, last year was a bit of a, a dry time, obviously. But in the middle of the whole year, when the lockdown was eased, I, I was um, in this play. My, my friend who goes to the, who went to the same school that I went to, Adam, was doing his graduation play. He did the directing course. And it was Back in Anger by John Osborne. I love that play. I really One of my favourites yeah. from my undergrad, which was in film and theatre, uh, we studied theatre, mm-hmm. and I really like that play. I really enjoy it. I, I, yeah. like the, I like quite like the kitchen sink, angry young men movement of that time. So, no, that I was really interested mm-hmm. when I saw you. When I saw the poster on your Instagram, I thought, oh, brilliant, Craig, you're in, he's in that. That's good stuff. Yeah, it was a, it was a really, like, because upon, upon first, first, like, reading of it, you're like, there isn't much here. But the more you, the more you go into it, and it's, it's such, such a good story. Like I played Cliff, who's Welsh and mm. who doesn't have a lot going. Maybe forward. that's where the confusion with your accent came from. You know, playing a Welsh character. Oh yeah, yeah. I was a so I was so in the zone. I like you know. <laughs> but I played yeah. So he didn't have, he didn't have a lot going for him. And then you know it's contrasted then with uh, Jimmy, who's like absolutely just hates where he he lives. Yeah. And then with with Alison as well, like it was quite. It's a really interesting story because it's all about relationships, all about relationships, and you know. Like there, there is some big events like Alison being pregnant and stuff, but it's all about you're just sitting there watching these people live their lives, and that's so interesting to watch. I think, but that was my first play that I, I did that I really, really took on, 
mm-hmm. the the theory and really applied it because I really really thoroughly enjoyed that play and and learning more about Cliff's life and about because I'm not obviously I'm not Welsh because I need to <laughs> keep reminding people in London, <laughs> you know. So I, I like he, I designed that he was from Caerphilly, which is in the south of Wales, just above Cardiff. And it's like, well, what's it like living there? Like, you know, wh- who are my parents? What did they do? Like, I worked in a cheese factory. Hence why I'm so dense. <laughs> uh, and it's like, so you keep asking yourself all these questions and then it breeds more questions. And then, you know, it's just so enjoyable to like create a character and then just do it. And and especially we were in the 1950s and I'm not that old. So I don't know what it was like. So it's, it's like you get to learn about that whole time period as well and, and working out why, you know, why do these characters live their life that way? Like, why do they do this? What's it for? You know, and that's the other aspect of the theory that's really, really important is like everyone has a purpose to why they do things in life. And it's like, so what? what's it's derived from Stanislavski, the super objective, but it's like the super purpose. What do they actually want to be? You know, why does Cliff sit about all day and do nothing? Well, it leads somewhere. You know, this is where he's going. He's, he's, he's not going to get a life. He's not going to have a, a marriage and have children. He's just going to sit around and do nothing all day. And then you, you really get to like delve into that. And it was yeah. really fun because I got to work on it in the first lockdown. So Was that like a social then, distance, socially distanced audience and stuff then? Yeah, so it was a social distance audience. But obviously like we couldn't social distance. But we were rehearsing for like mm. weeks together. So it's, um, yeah, in the bubble. And then, and then I moved on to, I, at the same time I was in this, audio play called The Show oh, Play, yeah. which is online on Spotify now if you want to listen to it. I'll link the, uh, we'll link that below the podcast. You can plug it. Oh, cool. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, but that was a lot of fun because it's weird because I was doing... So I'm Scottish and I was in a play where I was doing a Welsh guy and then I was in this audio play where I was Irish and then I was doing it self-tapes where I had to be English. So I was hitting all the home nations, you know, like, you know... Yeah. And at the same time, it was a lot of fun. But the Shell Pilgrim was because it's the first audio play that I've, I've ever done, and it was just a lot of fun. We did Zoom rehearsals for it, and then we worked on it for a few weeks. I was able to work on it on the side and build a character, and and then we went and did it after I'd done the first play. Mm-hmm. After I'd done the first play, we get to, and uh, we went and were socially distanced in the theatre, and uh, we had mics, and it was it was a lot of fun to do that. I think it's I think as an actor, it's important to to experience like everything you can. Especially yeah. not just actors like creatives and stuff like you know you can't use your your physical actions or your expressions to show what the character thinks or feels in this moment. So how how are you going to do it in an audio play where well, you have to get that through in the voice and and how you react and how how your your inflections that you use and stuff. So well, also building the accent is awesome. No, that, that's really interesting. I like how open you are about that. You're you're talking about how you're like you know maybe because of lockdown it wasn't the ideal thing that you would have maybe imagined you'd be doing, but you, it's you're still seeing it as this positive experience and you're enjoying it and you know and you're taking stuff from it no that sounds good as well i did a before i did the before lockdown happened in last in 2019 i also did a, a touring panto and that that where i went around the north of england it was me and me and two other people went around the north of england and that was a i don't know i don't know if you've have you ever have you have you talked to people who've ever done this it's, it's a really I spoke, strange i spoke to someone who had like been in like sort of done educational theater for the podcast that episode will be coming out in a few weeks. Is a guy called Carol, who's an amazing actor. I was talking to you at the start, but I can't wait for people to... Mm. It will be out by the time this comes out, so I hope people enjoy the episode. But he sort of spoke about he was in, like, touring theatre for kids and stuff. So I imagine that there's some crossover there. Yeah, because, like, those... Like, something I want, I want to harken back to is the good thing about the strenuous nature of drama school, for me, definitely one of the takeaways I got from it was that it's like... The, do you know the... like the, the, There's, like, the Roman armour analogy? Yeah. Like, where the... the like the Roman warriors and when they were getting taught and, and trained in the army wore like really heavy armor so yeah. it was like you know so they got strong and were able to hold that but then when they got into the real fights they got armor that was light a lot lighter and it's the same thing like that was a really grueling and demanding and, and tiring like three years obviously I learned a lot from it and you know once you know like for example we did exams and tech days as well and sometimes the tech days were like half eight in the morning till like half four the following morning it was like really grueling stuff mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. but once you do that everything else is like fine you know <laughs> like yeah it's like there's there's nothing that even compares to it so then doing this tour and two December ago I was like getting up at six in the morning I, we were doing three shows a day and then coming home at like eight at night right and I was like nothing that was like a breeze <laughs> you know like it was absolutely fine it was tiring yeah but because it was panto, you had to be pure energetic all the time. But, you know, once you've done that, it's like, 
you know, once you push yourself and you keep pushing yourself, it's like everything else is easy. Well, wh- how, what was the, was it? Just doing panto for kids in schools and stuff? Was that what, what that was? No, it was um, it was panto for old people. Oh, they're very nice. And, yeah, yeah, and and care homes all around the country. So we went to like we did like three care homes a day. <laughs> there was one day where we got two because our our last show got cancelled, and at that point I was knackered, so I was a bit like <laughs> result, you know, but. No, it was, it was going around the country. And it's just like, you know, there were, there was sometimes there was older people who were, you know, they were, they obviously weren't like completely there in the room and, and they were, they were enjoying it to the degree that they could. And, um, but there were often, oftentimes like older people who were like loving it. Like That's they just amazing. absolutely adored it. That's it's the most rewarding part, I think, for doing that aspect of it is like seeing their reactions and stuff. And yeah, it was a Christmas time. So you, you bring in a bit of like, entertainment, I think. That's amazing. That's that's great to hear. Well, Craig, I've actually got some more specific acting questions I've written down, so they're kind of a bit more quick fire stuff. So I'll work my way through okay. them. So I'll ask you this question. I think you kind of touched on it before, but who's the favorite? Well, I hope it's not a Nazi, actually. So you know, who's the who's your favorite character that you'd had the opportunity to play so far? Uh, Vincent Van Gogh. Oh wow! What what was that in? It was Vincent and Brixton. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I did in my second year at drama school. That was, that was so good because there's a certain creative liberty in, in, in yeah. playing characters that aren't real. But when you play someone that's real, you've got a lot of things to go off of. And, and you know, studying the way he 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 um, drew and then sketched and and painted, it's just like it's such an amazing experience. And, and then the other side of it is getting to create his voice because obviously we don't have any recordings of him. So that was a really, really fun experience to play that, that character. Yeah, really oh, that, that. interesting person as well. That sounds awesome. Oh, but Chris, an- yeah. another question I have for you, which is similar. If you could be in any movie from history, like if you could act in any film that's already been, what would it, what film would you choose? Saving Private Ryan. Nice, nice. That's, that's, yeah. that's a, that'd be yeah. good fun, I imagine. Oh, yeah. I'd, like, I'd, I'd love to... Like, I'm not as a Nazi, might I just say. Right? <laughs> Do you just want to play in it? <laughs> yeah, I'm like, I'm, I'm not angling at it, you know. <laughs> it's, it's like, it's like, something that's not Nazi themed. Uh, no, I, I would love to. I'd love to be in Star Wars. But then, do you know what? Well, you know, they, they, they were based. Go, the Empire are based yeah. on Nazis. <laughs> <laughs> Titanic. I would love to be in Titanic. There you go. Then someone would be like. The Nazis had boats as well. You, you <laughs> <laughs> no, saving Private Ryan's a good answer. All right, we'll, we'll keep that. Don't worry. Okay, another yeah, question. As an American, yeah, this is a similar one as well. And again, I'm giving you an opportunity to say Nazi. But if you could play any character from from history, who would you play? If you could, you could play a famous person from history. Oh, I, I I would love to play. I love to play JFK. Mm, that's a good answer. Yeah, get get assassinated. Yeah, there's something quite or or Neil Armstrong. Like I just I like that I love look I love that stuff. Like both, both good answers, yeah. Like all American like heroes and see now I'm going for the other end of the spectrum. <laughs> 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 What's the furthest away thing? But yeah, like I I just I love the whole like Apollo Moon missions and that kind of era and, and I'd love to play like Neil Armstrong. I think it'd be so much fun. That would be a good role to have, yeah. No, definitely. Yeah. Here's another one for you then. Um, who is like the? What, do you have any actors that have really had an influence on you? Is there any actors, or not just actors, just filmmakers, or anyone who's really had a big influence on you as an actor? Recent, recently, when I was younger, I, I loved like I loved. I still do. I loved like David Tennant. See, when he was Doctor Who, he was like he's, a, he's uh, one of mine so much. He's, he was just amazing. But yeah. I, like as of recently, like, I absolutely love Joaquin Phoenix. I think yeah. he's he's just so so good. I think that. One of the things about Joker that was a real takeaway for me is that at every moment that a major event happens in the film, you can see his state of mind slightly changes. Mm. And I think that's just so beautiful to watch. And I think that, like, I watch that and I'm, that, I'm like, that is why I want to do what I want to do. Yeah. Like, it's just so, so good. I, I had, a, I'm one of the people, right? So you see with the film Joker, I feel like everyone either hated it or they loved it, right? I'm like one of the only people who, I, f- I liked it, I didn't love it, I didn't hate it. I, I thought it was like a sort of seven out of 10, if you will, but Joaquin Phoenix was like the best thing about the film, definitely. Oh yeah, I, see, I'm, I'm like, I wonder why people don't don't like it. I understand that sometimes it might seem a bit slow, mm. but like, you know, maybe, I mean, the thing is, now we're surrounded by like blockbusters and stuff and, and, and all that, there's a lot, there's a, a tendency to want films that are like fast paced and Joker's somewhat quite slow. You know, but I, I just don't. I just don't know how people couldn't like it. 
I, I can't explain what it was about it that didn't make me love it. There was just something I can't put my finger on because I mean I love cinema and so that like and I like that it wasn't a traditional blockbuster. That was one of the good things about it. Is it because like if it was just about a normal guy and they didn't call it Joker, it would have just been the same? Maybe, maybe the superhero element put people off potentially as well. Yeah. Well, do you actually have a favorite film that Joaquin was in? Is that would that be the one, or do you have a favorite role he's done? I think I think it's a real a real like. There's three that I really love. Joker, the first one, mm-hmm. and then I love Walk the Line. That is an amazing film. I watched that last year in, in the first so, lockdown. So I loved it. My granddad was like a massive Johnny Cash fan, and he passed away sadly last month. And when he was dying, like me and my granddad would just sit. And when he was in the hospital bed and we'd watch Johnny Cash, live Johnny Cash videos, and we'd like listen to Johnny Cash. And um, I put like, I would put scenes from Walk the Line and stuff. And it's it's just an outstanding performance of Johnny Cash. It's, it, that's my favorite wacky, I think it's terrific. I bet there's rich folks eating in a fancy dining car. They're probably drinking coffee and smoking big cigars well i know i had it coming i know i can't be free but those people keep a moving and that's what tortures me it's it, like the thing I love about him is he just seemingly embodies the role. Like it's just you know you watch it and you're like that guy is is mental or that guy is Johnny Cash or that guy is and the third the third one I like is her. Oh, like very, very good. So sad though. Yeah, and it's it's so subtle, and I just love it. Do you know? But another thing I love about her is like someone could make that normally. Yeah. Like there's not much to it. Like, it's just, it's so sad and it's so subtle, but you're like, never at a point in that film or in What the Line or in Joker, are you watching it going, wow, like, Wacky Phoenix is doing a good job. Uh, he is, but you're like, oh my God. Like, you don't think, you think of the character, you don't think of the actor at all. Yeah, which is part of um, the education that I received at, at drama school was like, you need to remove the wants as an actor. Like, you need to, to remove the want to impress and, you know, want to be admired by the audience because the, the, the character that you're playing doesn't want that. Definitely. So, you know, it's not it's gonna have two conflicting things happening at the same time. It just doesn't really work. But I think he does he does those like so well. It's so inspiring to watch. It really is. Well, Craig, something I wanted to ask you, which because a lot of the people listening to this podcast are emerging creatives and it's people, that's the beauty of this, it's people at the start of their career, people who maybe just get into stuff. So I think something that's important to talk about, how do you deal with rejection and failure? Because obviously as an actor, you're going to have a lot of additions, you might not get parts. How do you personally cope with that? Well, I I think that the important thing is that the opportunity to create is never going to dry up. So dealing with rejection is hard but you know I, I guess somewhat when you put yourself into the, the boat that there are hundreds and thousands of people that are also experiencing the same thing and want to do the same thing as you it's a bit a bit easier not that you should want anyone else to be rejected but no. like the thing is that creativity is is that that what i just said can be like a comfort but the thing is creativity is never going to dry up like you you as a creative are a creative person you can create anything yourself you know, you could write a story, take it from like music or, or art or whatever. And, and the thing is that the more you want to create and go forward is going to keep you going and keep inspiration going. And also as well, I think the main thing is, or one of the main things at least, is always remember that you can learn something from every experience. Definitely. Even if you get rejected from something, it's like, okay, well, what did I not do? What did I, I do? What could I have done better? What, what can I learn from next thing? Yeah. And realize that that is not the nail in the coffin of your career. I was listening to a podcast the other day. I can't remember what podcast it was because I listened to so many, but um, there's a woman on it and she said this amazing quote, which applies to what you just said. And she said, I don't win or lose, I win or learn. And I thought, that's great. Yeah. I really like that. That is really good, yeah. yeah. So it's totally think, true. You learn from failure. Uh, absolutely true, I think, yeah. Just get a real well, Craig, we ask everyone that comes on the podcast, what's the worst part-time job you'd ever had? Or what's the worst job you'd had to work to support your art? Oh, uh, no, I see. Okay, you don't you, have to you, name you, the company, you, don't worry. I uh, see. See, I know your game, Jamie. <laughs> <laughs> you just want to get us all fired, so then you no, have no, all the part You don't job. have to name. <laughs> the worst part-time job I've ever had. I worked as a, you know, the, the guys, the, the, the people on the street who work for charities? Yes. And they try and stop you? The annoying people that you're like, no. <laughs> no, yeah, yeah. Now, bear in mind what I've just said about rejection. Yeah. 
That's fucking hard. <laughs> like, I actually respect like, the people that do that. It must be a brutal job. Yeah, I, I, I see it. I see them and I really respect it because I, I used to be in nurses. It's so demanding. It's such a demanding job. Like, you go in and they're like, right, yeah, you have to do this. You have to get as many sales as you can in a week. And it's really, it's a quite. A, it's for a good cause, but the way you go around it is quite, quite sketchy and manipulative yeah. somewhat. But, I mean, that's a hard job because you literally just spend about eight hours and nine hours of your day being told that people don't want to talk to you. <laughs> like... <laughs> <laughs> no, so yeah, that is definitely like the worst part-time job I've ever had. I don't know. To be fair, it was part-time to the absolute. Like I was only there for like two days. I got fired because I didn't. I wasn't very good at it. Um, so, fair. Yeah. I mean, I couldn't do that job, and it, it sounds it sounds brutal. Like, oh, geez, it must be it's a good really, character, really... a good character builder for an actor, though. Yeah, because the thing is, you have to, you have to, like, people come along, and you have to go right. I need to appear to be happy, and you're like, hey, and then they're just like, no, and you're like, oh god, and it's like yeah. day, like minute by minute, your self esteem gets chipped away. You know, going past that. So. I'm now onto my want to be a Nazi phase. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like that's the main takeaway we're going to take from this episode, Craig. Yeah. Well, Craig, and there's a synopsis. Please put. <laughs> he really doesn't want to be a Nazi. Just precursor, you know. <laughs> well, Craig, firstly, thank you very much for coming on the podcast and chatting us. It's been really good to chat to you. I really enjoyed this conversation. You've been easy to talk to. I just like to finish on the podcast. Do you have any tips or advice? I mean, you're giving some great advice already for this episode, but do you have any tips or advice you would offer to anyone who maybe wants to get into the arts or maybe who wants to specifically be an actor? Yeah, I, I think the main takeaway, I think that from any any job you do or get rejected from or any addition that comes your way is like, there's always something that you can learn from everything that you do and something that you can apply to the next job or the next opportunity that comes along. I definitely learned that throughout the beginnings of like my career. Like, you know, everything that I learned in school, I can learn more in college. Everything I learned in college, I can learn more at drama school. And it's the same thing now. It's like always, 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 always keep going. And once you keep going, inspiration will come your way and then it breeds more inspiration. You'll always keep going. And be happy in what you're doing. <laughs> Just be happy. <laughs> That's the most important part. That that's so true, Craig. It's um, it's great advice, and I know. Can I? And I, I salute your passion as well. You can. I can tell from speaking to you, you're very passionate, and you and you really love what you do. So I ho- I wish you luck, and I hopefully we'll see you in more things, and you know maybe I'll see you in real life sometime again soon. But I know you're off back yes. to Lo- you're off back to London in a few weeks. Finally, hopefully the lockdown yeah, won't, finally, won't yeah. be as bad. <laughs> Yeah, I, I, yeah. Um, yeah I'll, I'll hope to see you again soon and thank you very much for having me on. Not a problem. Great to pleasure. speak to you, Craig. I hope you enjoyed this week's episode of Just Get Real Job. I would like to thank Craig once again for chatting to us. I really enjoyed our conversation. Remember, if you liked anything Craig had to say, check the links in the show notes. You can find out a bit more about some of the things Craig's been involved in. Also, if you're enjoying the podcast, as always, please, 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 consider telling a friend or family to listen by sharing us on social media or texting them anything like that is very very helpful we can't afford advertising so that is how we grow word of mouth is very key to that if you're also enjoying the podcast and you can afford to donate to our patreon page that would be even more appreciated and we could really use some extra money just to allow us to do more amazing things with the podcast so there's a link to that in the show notes as well and also another thing that's very very helpful is if you can give us a little five-star review on apple Podcasts, if you listen on that that would be amazing that also goes a really long way but anyhow thank you for all your support the first two months this year it's been amazing got big things planned and yeah i look forward to what the rest of the year has in store for us stay safe folks take it easy we'll be back again on tuesday Just get a real